All right, welcome everyone to the Fantasy Cruncher Week 13 podcast. Um, it's uh, it's a two-man show today. My name's Jared. I'm here with uh, Oreo or, or Jeff, however you know him. We uh, we, t- we had to take a couple weeks off uh, due to some kind of some personal um, conflict. So apologies if you were looking for the content but but didn't get it. But we're we're going to give you what we think is going to be a great Week 13 show. So uh, let's uh, let's just get right into it because I think we've got a lot to talk about. Uh, Jeff, how did Week 12 go for you um, at, at the end of the day? And 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 was there was there anything in particular that you were right about, that you were wrong about, that you want to kind of call out for our listeners? Week 12 wasn't great for me at all. I, I, I was on I was on Team Chalk last week, and it seemed like it seemed like all of the chalk last week didn't hit, except for David Johnson. So if you were asking me what I was right about, it was David Johnson. He had a <laughs> game last week. But he seems to be doing that every single week he plays. So that was not a surprise. But last week I was really high on um, Russell Wilson, Doug Baldwin, um, Boyd, Tennessee defense, and all of that. Just, just I, I, they did kind of as projected, but they just didn't score touchdowns. So when someone like Boyd is kind of projected to get 12, is a, is a great value for play on DraftKings. And when he actually gets 12, it's generally a disappointment because when even if you know, you think he's going to get 12, you want 20. Yeah. And, um, the whole Russell Wilson, Doug Baldwin, all of the Seattle Seahawks last week, they just kind of shipped it bed. Um, I'm not sure whose fault it was. Seems like the O-line wasn't working very well, so that, that hurt players like Rawls and Russell Wilson, who was sacked six times. Um, yeah, it wasn't a great best week, but... Yeah, yeah. what do you think What do you think of the, the Tampa Bay defense? Like, is it time to, to kind of consider them as a bit more of a, more of a threat than I think many of us have? To date, I mean that was a pretty impressive showing that they had against Seattle. Yeah, they also crushed the Bears not too long ago. Yeah, they're, they're a legitimate defense, but I think with DFS you just have to take it week to week, and depending on who their matchup is, that's how you decide if whether or not they're they're in play. Um, yeah. This Tampa Bay is up against San Diego. San Diego is the favorite, but with Bill Rivers having to throw the ball quite a bit. I do, I do like the, the spot for the defense. Um, yeah. You want to pick six in, for your defense, and that, that's that's one where, where it could happen when you have a throwing quarterback. Yeah, Ooh. totally agree. I, I actually had I actually had a lot of stuff I was right about and a lot that I was wrong about. I, I was uh, fortunate to be on the uh, on the Fantasy Pros podcast, um, and, uh, and, and we talked a lot about the week. And a few things that I did talk about that I really liked came to fruition were where Colin Kaepernick, I went very heavy on him. I know he was super low owned, and I just, I just didn't understand how he was overlooked by so many people. He's been playing fantastic and, and had such a great fantasy situation. So it was definitely a good week to play him. Um, I definitely thought that it was a, a week that you wanted to also pay up for the stud running backs. And like you mentioned, um, David Johnson was was David Johnson doing David Johnson things, and it was great. I also made a couple call-outs to guys I thought that would be under-owned and put up, put together some pretty strong GPP efforts, being LaShawn McCoy and Mike Evans. Both of them did uh, did come through. I mean, I feel a little bit weird saying that about McCoy, though, because he really just had one really, really, really good long run, which was the first play of the third quarter. So, I mean, he did score twice and, and had plenty of fantasy production, but uh, a little bit masked by um, the fact that a lot of that came from one fortunate play. I did think that Spencer Ware was going to have a sneaky good week um, against Denver. I know Bobby and I on Fantasy Pros talked about that a little bit. 
I uh, thought he could kind of be one of those guys that makes you a millionaire, potentially in the big DK contest, but uh, that certainly wasn't the case because he kind of fell flat. And and a couple other things would be that uh, Richard Matthews and Marcus Mariota. I, I wasn't on the train this week. I didn't think uh, sorry, excuse me, uh, last week. I didn't think that they would necessarily be uh, be key guys to own. Um, thought they might step back a little bit, but uh, but you kind of know what happened there. They they turned out to be just fine, but but nothing overall too special. Yeah, I was on the pay up the running back train too, but that that led me to Melvin Gordon, Pajai, who had just uh, and Demarco Murray. All three of them had great matchups last week, and all three of them just had mediocre or subpar days for, for their standards. Actually, very bad days, around twelve points each on DraftKings. Yeah, I mean, it was so weird because Ajayi was lining up to be, you know, arguably the best situational running back um, on the slate. But but once the the three offensive linemen on Miami were were kind of ruled out, that was a huge red flag for me, and I ended up I ended up taking him out of about fifty percent of the, the lineups I originally had him in. So I only went with about seven or ten percent exposure, um, but that was much higher before. I'm, I'm not sure where where you netted out there, but but that thing was a big red flag. And one of the reasons why you need to be so nimble on on Sunday, as you're getting that kind of information being confirmed um, right before before uh, before kickoff, but but uh, but that pivot kind of helped me there. I I kind of wish I did go to the Tannehill train because I, I was intrigued by his price point as well. He had easily his best game of the year. Um, not sure if uh, if you had him at all. I was right with you with the pivot off Jay once we heard about the O line um, getting a little bit weaker. A lot weaker, significantly weaker. But the matchup was still there, so I went from 80% exposure to 30% exposure on JHI, and all of that remaining exposure shifted to Melvin Gordon. Uh, if only there was a little LaShawn McCoy in there. Yeah, sometimes you just get locked into the prices and you don't want to pay down that much because it would be it's too much for your too many lineups that you'd have to switch out. So JHI and Melvin Gordon right right next to each other. Price-wise, and I had them right next to each other projection-wise, so it was so much easier just to. Yeah, yeah, that's an easy pivot, but it's such a, you know it's such a good reminder to, to that that football is such a variable sport that you really don't need to spend all your cash any really week to uh, to end up having um, an optimal lineup. So uh, something to really keep in mind, uh, just something that always really you know for the variable sports like baseball and football in particular. That, uh, that that's something you really actually don't have to do on a nightly basis or a weekly basis in football. Um, let's get down to talking about favorite plays at each position because I'm, I'm intrigued to, to kind of hear about how you're attacking certain ones this week. Um, let's start with quarterbacks. It's always a really good place to, to begin. Um, it feels like there's a couple interesting lower own options. And, and frankly, I think the middle tier is kind of where I want to go. If I'm not going with Drew Brees, um, but uh, but what do you think? You know, who who are you kind of going with? I was looking at the at Drew Brees and then some of the lower tier. So Drew Brees is number one quarterback on the list against Detroit, um, and then there's a couple quarterbacks that are priced right around him that I like this week. Um, more more specifically, Matt Stafford, Andrew Luck. If if he plays through all of his uh, practices, and it seems like he's going to be able to do that against the Jets. Uh, ben Roethlisberger against the Giants. So those are and Matt Ryan against KC. So those quarterbacks are within a thousand salary, and I guess that's the closer to the top tier this week. Yeah. And if I were to pay down, I'm looking at Ryan Fitzpatrick, who um, is close to the minimum salary. He's going to be low owned, and he has a, a pretty decent matchup this week. 
Yeah, that's interesting. He's not on my radar, but maybe I should take a closer look at him. Um, I like a few of the guys that you mentioned there. Um, I'm also going to add in Colin Kaepernick. I think this is a matchup that you can continue to ride the train, and and he's just been so dangerous with his legs, and and honestly, he's been looking a lot better um, with the arm as well. So I feel like you can certainly play him once again, even though I'm a little bit disappointed that the ownership is going to be up, considering how well he played last week too. Aaron Rodgers, tough matchup, but I still think that he's got a lot to like, particularly on DraftKings at the price. Um, and then the two guys, and I actually think we'll, we'll get a little bit more into this. I think it's a bit of a stacky, uh, sorry, a sneaky stack situation is both Cam Newton and Russell Wilson because um, we both know how much damage they can do. And I think that that could be a, actually a really interesting game for lots of DFS production. So um, those are the other ones in addition to Drew Brees that, that, that I would uh, that kind of add to your list there. So um, but one, one thought on, on, on a guy that's, you know, minimum price on, on DraftKings, um, Matt Barkley, are you going to play him at 5000 bucks? You know, he had, a, he had a great game last week. Um, yeah, 300 yards, three touchdowns. And he's going up against the, the Niners, right? Like, that, that kind of feels great on paper. I'm not going to go there. I, I just I don't know the team well enough. I know you don't have to pair him. You could play him naked. He may still score two touchdowns. Three. He had three touchdowns against Tennessee, so that was a great matchup. This is another great matchup. Um, it makes sense. I'm not. I have no problem with it. I'm just not going to go there. I'd rather yeah. pay thousand or twelve hundred more on DraftKings to get um, Colin Kaepernick or Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson is yeah. a little bit down in price, and I'm hoping that because he burned a lot of people last week, that fewer people are going to play this week. And I, yeah, I, I wrote I wrote that exact same thing down in my notes. I was like, because because of how you know much he burned, what 40 percent of people last week, he's going to be significantly lower owned, and I want I love that for GPPs. Yeah, I agree with that. But if their running game can't get going, it might just it might it might hurt the Seahawks again, similar to the way they played at the beginning of the season. I know Russell Wilson started the season on I'm not one hundred percent, but they, they had a really weak running game when they started off the season, and they, they lost ProSize. Um, they traded away Michael, so now it's just Rawls, who doesn't seem to be, you know, the, the workhorse back that the team needs. Yeah. So I feel like it's going uh, to be a heavy through the air game, right? Yeah. But it's, uh, they're, they're, they're a pretty huge favorite in this game, so I'm not too concerned. I, I, I do like Russell Wilson this week. Yeah, me too. And I love the ownership projection. Um, what about running backs? Um, I feel like both the super studs are going to have plenty of exposure this week for the main slate, especially with Ezekiel Elliott playing on Thursday night football as we speak. Um, I talked about Le'Veon Bell as my guy in the starting five. I, I love him. I think he's in a great spot, and, and I feel like it might be a bit more of a Bell than Antonio Brown and Big Ben week, but I can certainly be, uh, be convinced otherwise. Um, I, I also really like David Johnson, and, and I think you have to, no matter how good or how bad the matchup is, and frankly, it's, it's quite good once again this week. Um, beyond those guys, uh, who do you have on your short list? Uh, David Johnson. <laughs> I play David Johnson every week now. I, I'm not even thinking about it. I, I'm not. This is a great matchup, so I'm fine with that. Maybe on Bell is there. Um, I'm interested in players like Jordan Howard, players that people might be hesitant to play. He's still going to catch some balls and a PPR that's huge. His price has gone up, but the matchup against San Francisco 
Um, starting to feel like a trap because of two two bad weeks against San Francisco, but Jordan Howard against San Francisco. I, I mean, I, I love it, and I feel you know the volumes continue to be strong. So you, I, I don't want to go away from him, and I feel like he's going to be under owned. And then, of course, like a Theo Riddick against New Orleans and LaShawn McCoy against Oakland. I think a lot of people might be on LaShawn McCoy because the matchup is good, his production is good, and yeah. um, he's still out, Craig. I, I believe uh, it looks looks like it, but either way, I mean, I think he's still looking at over twenty touches. Any value plays that you've uh, earmarked for the week? Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I I consider you know Jordan Howard somewhere between sort of a mid range and value. I think Matt Forte is is a really intriguing play up against Indy that uh, that's absolutely terrible against the run. And, uh, and I feel like he's waiting to, to kind of bust out with another one of those eight, 80 to, to 100 yard games and one to two touchdowns. And, uh, and I don't want to overlook how bad that, that defense is. I know we, we've been ranting about it on podcasts and on, on our content so far on Fantasy Cruncher this year. So um, I don't want to get back away from that. I mean, again, a kind of another mid-range guy. I don't know if you call him a value, but I feel like Theo Riddick is someone that you really want to have exposure to in that New Orleans-Detroit shootout. Um, he's he's kind of on my short list there. Um, I also think that you can make a pretty good argument for both the running backs um, on New Orleans in that one, too. Mark Ingram and Tim Hightower. Hightower obviously being a little bit more on the value side, a little bit more lower own projection considering he's not, you know, quote-unquote the the lead back and doesn't have that sexy name. But I, I feel like those guys are in play, too. Um, two other names that are, are pretty intriguing to me are, is Devontae Booker and Spencer Ware. Spencer Ware, for the same kind of reason that we talked about with Russell Wilson, you know, he burned a bunch of guys. I thought he might be a sneaky play last week, and he wasn't. That doesn't mean he's not going to come back and have a great game this week, and, and his matchup is, is really, really good against Atlanta. Um, and Booker continues to get the ball a ton. It kind of looks like Semyon is probably not going to play. Uh, you know, he's gotten basically, what, 25 touches in a couple games in a row. And if we're looking at Paxton Lynch back there, I can imagine that he's going to be checking it down and or wanting to run the ball quite a bit. So I feel like his price has come down. The production's been a little bit wonky, but um, they should have a fairly solid game on the offensive side of things. And I feel like it makes him a really intriguing play. I'm not sure if there's anyone else you you kind of want to re- re- but there or add to your list. I think we've touched on everyone. Um, some some sneaky plays. I do like. I don't think um, Carlos Hyde is sneaky at all against Chicago. But he is getting, you know, his fair share of targets. He's getting his fair share of carries. And if the game script goes the right way, two touchdowns is not unreasonable. Three touchdowns is not unreasonable. So he is a great cash game engine to play this week, especially in the mid tier price that you need to save some money to play for someone like Antonio Brown. Would you um would you play Kaepernick with Hyde in a stack? You know, I I like to pick on bad teams or teams that I perceive to be bad. So yeah, I don't mind that at all. It hasn't been the best strategy this week. I mean this year so far. This has been a kind of a wonky year for fantasy football, but um, yeah, quarterback, running back, especially if he's catching five plus passes is fine. Yeah, exactly. I, I feel like that's a bit of an, an under Sorry, Jeff, cut you off. What were you saying? Oh, Carl, Carlos, I had one passing touchdown last week, so it worked last week. The reason why it couldn't work this week. Yeah, I still I like that situation a lot. I'm glad you mentioned him. 
Uh, one other guy on DraftKings I think has to be mentioned is uh, is Jeremy Hill. His price is, is up a bit from where it was last week, but uh, but without Giovanni Bernard, um, and he did you know actually produce at a decent level considering his price point. Uh, I feel like he's a pretty interesting value guy that you got to consider too. No. Oh yeah, especially if he's he's taking over some of Gio, Gio Bernard's um, targets. So last week they were playing from behind quite a bit. He had six targets and six receptions, which is uh, pretty pretty by far his um, best passing game of the year. And um, if the game goes their way this time, he can be running more. He only had 20 yards last week, so that was a bit of a disappointment. But if he, we we all know that he could get over. Like he has a hundred yard plus uh, potential, so if he gets that, especially at that price point, it's a great play. Yeah, yeah I think so too. I don't want to overlook him because I think that uh, that he could be a, a steal at that price. Um, moving on to wide receivers, uh, I know we talked about this briefly before we got on uh, got on the air. Um, there's some guys I think that are going to be very very popular especially out of that Detroit-New Orleans game, particularly Golden Tate, Brandon Cooks, Michael Thomas. Um, but there's also a few guys that are probably going to have even more popularity um, or maybe just as much like uh, Antonio Brown, Mike Evans, Julio Jones. Um, of those higher-end guys, I like Evans and Jones the most. I feel like this might be a week that you can get off of Antonio Brown. But, uh, but what, do you, what do you think about those guys? Are, are, are any of them you know, going to be in, in, the, in the Oreo top uh, top? top 10 or 15 at the position for the week? Well, you can't ignore any of the top guys, but uh, an interesting spot that you touched on are those Detroit wide receivers, Tate and Jones, but also um, Brandon Molden coming off of two consecutive games with nine targets, um, kind of leading the team in those um, targets and receptions. So there are now several receivers that you have to think about. There's catching running back, you have um, Theo Riddick, Bolden, Tate, and Jones, yeah, that's it's a lot of mouths to feed. Not, to, and you haven't even mentioned Eric Ebron yet. But it's against New Orleans, so I could see myself playing at least two of these players if I were to go that way um, with a Matt Stafford lineup. But it, it is just kind of scary when a, when a team has that many receiving options. You know that they're going to put up some points. Well, with Matt Stafford, you don't know that, but you assume they're going to put up some points. Um, it's a yeah. it's a tough fantasy situation because any of them could go off. I was going to say, I think, I think if there is going to be a game that you want to stack on both sides this week, it has to be that one. And, and if you do, you really need to, to go and, and over-invest. Like, I feel like it's one of those games where you can honestly fill 80 to 90% of your roster with, uh, with guys from both sides of that, uh, of that game. And, and, and frankly, if you're going to do it, I feel like you need to really run a high number of multi-entry situations. And, and obviously, FC is amazing for that, considering how, how easy it is to stack. But like, I feel like you need to make sure that you have all the different targets out there so that you have exposure to the different combinations that could potentially hit because it's just so hard to pinpoint. Um, yeah, and they're often wrong, um, especially with Drew Brees. It seems like the field is, is very often wrong on who he's going to throw it to. So yeah, last absolutely. week, higher own than Thomas, and Thomas is yeah. one. Uh, and if you go back to the beginning of the season, it's, it's been like that where um, – Outside of the first week, people were high on Cooks for the first two weeks. And then after that, they were still high on Cooks, but it, the, the receptions went to everybody else. Um, I know. And, and that, I feel like Cooks is going to make for an amazing GBP target this week because people are going to be so off him. 
um, after completely destroying them last uh, last week in, in another great spot that that I'm going to have a ton of exposure. He's the perfect candidate there. Not sure if you, you're, you're intrigued uh, too. Especially with him uh, complaining a little bit uh, publicly about his his uh, zero target game. Yeah, he also eliminated me from my uh, from my my playoffs in, uh, in in my office pool. So I was very very bitter about uh, about that, considering he put up a zero and all I needed was like five catches or like fifty yards or something, and I would have uh, would have won the week. But uh, but hey, I'm I'm not bitter about it at all. Um, what about Taylor Gabriel, Tyreek Hill? Huge games last week in week twelve. Are you playing either of them um, this week, or do you think they're trap plays? I want to say Taylor Gabriel's a trap play, but he's coming off of four consecutive solid games on DFS-wise, target-wise, football-wise. He had two touchdowns last week, but I, I want to think that the two touchdowns and the, the receiving yards were more of an artifact because of the fact that Julio Jones was being covered by Patrick Peterson. So that won't happen this week, although the KC defense is pretty good. Their passing defense is not that great, so I would think Matt Ryan will have no problem passing the ball to Julio Jones. Um, if I were making a Matt Ryan lineup, I, I wouldn't mind playing Taylor Gabriel and Julio Jones. But I'm going to stick with Julio Jones as the preferred option in this game. Uh, best wide receiver in the league. Fair enough. And and with uh, and with Tyreek Hill going there, um, coming off another huge game himself, uh, what do you think that uh, that your exposure will be to him, or, or if any? I haven't done my my lineups yet, but I, I like Tyreek Hill. Um, If so, Macklin's out. There's not very many people to pass the ball to. Tyree Kill and Kelsey are both in play. Kelsey is probably one of the better tight ends of the tight end plays yeah. of the week. Yeah, he's he's my favorite. I know we'll get into him in a second. Um, I was looking at the uh, the, the Fanduel list. DeAndre Hopkins is sixty-seven hundred dollars on Fanduel. I know you're more of a, a DraftKings guy, um, but uh, but at that price for a talent like him, do you think that? that he's worth having any exposure to, or is this just kind of a, no, I don't care how cheap he is, I'm not playing him because he has Brock Osweiler throwing him the football. On DraftKings, he's only 6,000, and it's PPR. He's still getting the targets, 10 targets last week, five receptions. Yeah, he, he seems like a great play to me. All he needs to do is find the end zone. Um, Osweiler doesn't seem like the best end zone throwing quarterback, but regression should happen, regression to the mean, and you would expect – you know, um, a few more touchdowns this season. I know he's running out of time. Two two touchdowns would be nice, and if they came next week, I would. It's not. Uh, it's not impossible. It could happen. I, I can't touch the guy with a twelve foot pole, so I'm gonna I'm gonna stay away. But I can understand in a PPR at six K, that is awfully intriguing. Is he in the picture for you because Devontae Parker is looking, you know, doubtful? I I feel like he might need to be considering his price point too. What are your thoughts? What did you just say? It cut out for a second. Okay, yeah, Jarvis Landry with Devontae Parker looking like he's going to miss this game. Yeah, um, his pricing has been down. He hasn't had – it's, again, again of, uh, an example of someone who hasn't found the end zone too often. He's only had two touchdowns for the year. But besides that, he's still getting targets. He's not getting monster yards. But if, if Tannehill has no one else to pass the ball to, Baltimore has a stout run defense, Jarvis Landry – yeah, yeah, Jarvis Landry's yeah. a good spot. You're, you're right. 
I, I think so, and I feel like Kenny Stills might need to be in some GBP lineups too. If you if you do think that Miami is going to score some points through the air, because that uh, that could be where the defense does not focus. Um, let's move over to tight ends. This is a really interesting spot this week. I'm curious to get your thoughts. Uh, obviously, we we saw that Gronkowski is out for what looks to be the rest of the year. Um, needs surgery. He's going to get that tomorrow on Friday. Uh, Jordan Reed isn't playing this week, despite having an awesome Thanksgiving uh, uh, Thanksgiving game. Um, do you want either of their replacements in your lineup this week, uh, through uh, Vernon Davis or Martellus Bennett? Vernon Davis has been playing fine. So um, the, the defense is it's Arizona. They're currently ranked number one against tight ends. So that is alarming. But I do like the way Kirk Cousins is throwing the ball right now. So all the receivers are in play. Um, they don't have a, a number one option this game, so I do like Crowder, I do like Garcon, I do like um, Jackson. So, yeah, I'm fine with all the wide receivers and tight ends in this game against Arizona. Yeah, I feel like they could be an offense, one of the better ones to play that no one's talking about. I know it's, again, going to be hard to figure out who's going to get all that production. Um, I'm such a huge Crowder fan myself. I feel like I need to not play it because I feel like Crowder is just too much one of my boys that I, I don't want to get distracted by the fact that I think he's – <clears throat> such a great DFS, uh, or rather even just fantasy football season-long play. Um, what about Jimmy Graham? Um, do you want some Jimmy Graham love this week? It looks like an awesome matchup um, and could be a really great stack with Wilson. Curious to get your your take on that because I'm, I'm awfully intrigued. He's arguably one of the top three tight end players of the week. Carolina is ranked 31 against tight ends. Um, he didn't show up last week. Well, he did have his fair share of targets and catches. He caught six of them, season seven, so... He just missed the end zone. Uh, yeah, there's nothing else to say there. Jim, Jimmy Graham's probably one or two. I think week. so. I think yeah. so. Do you have Do you have Travis Kelsey as your other top guy there in that one-two punch? Yeah, I, I really like Travis Kelsey with without Macklin. Last week he had 15 targets. So um, 15 targets against Denver, and he still came through. So uh, against Atlanta, Travis Kelsey's my my favorite tight end of the week. By yeah. Far. Yeah, me too. He, he's, he's who I wrote in the starting five. Um, a couple other guys that I feel like we should, we should quickly touch on. Zach Gertz is still cheap, faces the 25th-ranked defense in DVOA against tight ends. Uh, what are your thoughts on him? Do you want exposure? I haven't played Travis. I'm in Zach Gertz since around week two. I don't really regret it. So I'm, gonna, I'm just going to stay away from Zach Gertz. I think that could work. I, I still feel like I'm going to have a little bit of exposure on uh, on FanDuel because his price is just over five grand. Very easy to find room for. I, I also did want to briefly touch on Eric Ebron and Kobe Fleener. I feel like with the attention we've been giving so far, and the public's going to be giving New Orleans and Detroit um, in GPPs. Do you think that they could potentially be guys that get you know 50 to 70 yards and a and a touchdown or two? Um, you know, if all breaks right. I, I'm not sure about you, but I feel like they could make for really intriguing plays. Yeah, so Kobe Fleener is someone that, you know, a lot of the people in the fantasy community were really high on coming into the season. Um, Drew Brees loves his tight ends. Kobe Fleener was in a prime spot. And so far, he hasn't really, you know, lived up to those expectations, but he's had two massive games. There's no reason that he can't have another great game this week. The matchup is there. Um, that, that is definitely a, a great GPP play, but I think that it's more likely he's going to get less than seven points than he's going to get over 20. 
can't argue there. I think the numbers tell that story pretty clearly. Um, and, you know, the interesting thing, I think, is that both of these teams have shown that they are not afraid to run those guys um, at the goal line in, you know, one or two kind of goal uh, goal yards to go type situations. So I feel like that's a bit of an underappreciated little tidbit that could yield a sneaky touchdown between the two if, if, uh, if the game kind of turns into a couple, you know, goal line battles. Just food for thought for those of you out there that don't have uh, have the time to watch all those games. I, I have seen those uh, those contests for both those teams, and uh, and it's it's uh, it's definitely something to note because, you know, you want opportunities in fantasy, and, and, and they both uh, are getting some carries as well um, in big packages at the goal line. Let's shift away from kind of positional talk, and let's talk about some more strategy-level stuff like uh, – like guys that you're you're looking at fading and or avoiding. Uh, one of those guys you mentioned um, at the beginning is is Andrew Luck, and I, I actually am going to be fading him altogether. I, I don't I don't like the matchup, and I feel like it's a fairly safe one to avoid. Um, sounds like you like him. Um, any thoughts uh, Any thoughts on that, or anyone else that you wanted to to say that you're you're just actively avoiding? Andrew Luck is a player I would I wouldn't play for any other reason besides the fact I don't think he's going to be too popular and he has big game potential. So saying I like him is a, a strong word, but I like him as a tournament play um, just when you kind of consider ownership. Of, of course, I love Drew Brees, but I, might, I may not play Drew Brees this week just because I think he might be 30% owned and do I want to play a 30% owned quarterback when there are, you know, 28 other, 29 other quarterbacks that you can play this week? Probably not. So don't hold me to that. I haven't decided yet. Fair, fair enough. I didn't. I, I wasn't trying to put words in your mouth there. I was just. You, you mentioned him as someone that you were you were considering, and I and I totally get why. Um, yeah. Playing playing the numbers there, you know, game theory is, is one of your biggest strengths. So I, I totally understand that. Yeah, but I, I was more alluding to Drew Brees, whether or not I'm going to play Drew Brees. Got it. Yeah, I, I got to follow my gut and play him in, in some, but I can understand going underweight, right? If you think he's going to be thirty percent. That doesn't necessarily mean you need to play him in thirty percent of your lineups. I, I might only play him in you know ten or fifteen percent of mine if I'm in those I'm in those shoes. What do you think about Big Ben? He's a guy that I just feel like doesn't need to be played this week um, against the Giants, who have been playing pretty well defensively. Uh, again, I do think this is going to be a bit more of a Love Bell day, but I'm curious to get your thoughts because I, I feel like you can avoid him and even Antonio Brown too. But uh, not sure what you think. Uh, you're right. Uh, the price he's priced up. The Bell is priced up, Brown is priced up. You don't have to play any of these guys there. They need massive games to have a big input, um, impact on your fantasy team, especially in DFS. But it's Big Ben, and we know that you know, last year there were four-plus million-dollar million player winners that uh, stacked Ben Roethlisberger plus the running back plus uh, Tony Brown. So yeah. the running back, whoever was healthy at the time. <laughs> It's just so hard to afford all those guys. They're so expensive. You can't really do much with uh, with the other the other roster spots unless you hit home runs on on the cheapies. Le'Veon Bell has been extremely consistent this year. Um, I don't mind stacking Ben Roethlisberger with Le'Veon Bell. He does uh, have uh, five targets in the last game, nine targets before that, ten targets before that, and yeah. a, a passing. So Le'Veon Bell plus Ben Roethlisberger. And if you're going to do that, why not play Antonio Brown? I know, I know the price is up in there, but there are, there are plenty of cheap plays, and this is a touchdown sport, and if a cheap play gets two touchdowns, then you have a 
tournament winning lineup. And Antonio Brown had three touchdowns last week. Let's let's see that that, that could happen again. It certainly could. He is he is that good. I could see that happening. Uh, anyone else that that I haven't mentioned that you think you might want to kind of steer clear of? Um. I'm kind of reluctant to play one of my favorite players from last week, Melvin Gordon. Um, no particular reason. It's just if he doesn't find the end zone, he doesn't get enough targets and for that price. It's just like he becomes a lackluster play, 12 points for DFS if he doesn't find the end zone. Or it doesn't break one off for, for a huge run, which is very likely against this very scary, now very scary Tampa Bay defense. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like uh, he, you know, I was actually looking at him before we jumped on too. I still think he's probably going to have a decent level of ownership, probably somewhere between 15 to 20 ish. I mean, depending on the site, he's not cheap, but his, his, you know, he has all the indicators that I think so many people look for, right? Gets all the goal line work, lots of passing game work, um, et cetera, et cetera. So I, uh, yeah, it's, it's an, it's an interesting one. That's for sure. Um, Anything that you wanted to kind of leave off as a bold prediction or two before we, we sign off for the week? I, I, I've got a couple here. I'll give you my first one, and I'm curious to see what uh, what some of yours might look like. I'm going to uh, predict I'm gonna say Elliott's going to finish with 20 points on DraftKings. Ezekiel, Ezekiel Elliott? Yes. <laughs> Are you watching the game right now? Um, what, about, uh, what about this? What do you think? I think Brandon Cooks comes back with a huge game, goes over 100 yards, and scores at least a touchdown, outproducing Michael Thomas on 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 the on the New Orleans Saints. Thoughts on that, or anything else you would want to throw out there as a as a bold a bold prediction? No, I, I like that. Um, I probably wouldn't mind that myself. I'm, I probably will have more exposure to Cooks than Thomas. Um, bold prediction for the week. I, I haven't thought that far, but. Uh, let's make this the week that Martellus Bennett finally finds the end zone. Okay. Um, after big DFS play. So he's going to get two touchdowns and, you know, 70 yards and seven receptions. Could certainly happen. We all know the, the chemistry they have shown a couple times this year. Two other things I'm going to throw out there. Um, I think that Golden Tate also finishes the week as a top 10 scoring receiver. And this one's a little bit more out there, but I think Devontae Booker has a very good chance at finishing as one of the top five scoring running backs this week if he can finally find the end zone and continue to get huge, uh, huge volume. Um, don't want to overlook the potential there. So uh, let's, ra- let's wrap it up there for the week. Thanks for tuning in. Um, and, uh, and, and, hey, make sure you visit us we, we, for our lineup crunching tools at fantasycruncher.com. Um, visit us online there. Read our articles. We've got lots of great stuff for, for NHL, NFL, and NBA on a daily basis. And uh, if you have any questions, you know where to find us. Best of luck this week, and uh, speak to you soon.